Welcome to Cryptid Crossroads 505. I'm Larry. And I'm Vince. Welcome to the show where we talk all things cryptid, Sasquatch, aliens, hauntings, and anything paranormal you would like to share with us. You can reach us at cryptidcrossroads505 at gmail.com. So settle in, open your mind, and enjoy the show. Hey, welcome to Cryptid Crossroads 505. We're in the studio doing it once again. Vince, give me a shout out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the CCR 505 Studios. That's right. Uh, we're back to discuss our favorite topic tonight, which is um, Sasquatch. Yep. Uh, for some I don't know. People think we're strange because we're into hairy men. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know what? On that note, get manscaped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you'd need like a, a lawnmower. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. So I'm going to let Vince lead it off because off camera we're talking about, you know, Sasquatch. So he wants to talk about something with the skunk ape. So lead it off. Yeah. On, uh, on our, well, since the last time we podcasted, I watched a video or a documentary, I believe it was Small Town Monsters. It was about the, what do they call it? The Honey Island Skunk Ape. Right. Now, that's a, a, a swamp down in Louisiana, and it's in the, I don't know if, is that considered part of the Everglades? or No, Everglades no, no, the, are Ever, the Everglades are Florida. Okay, so it's, it's just swampland. It runs down a river, uh, and, but this swamp is famous for having several skunk ape sightings. I want to say that's where that real famous one on YouTube was, where that skunk ape was kind of tearing apart the tree, and that right. guy snuck up behind him, and when he stood up, he took off running. Right, yeah, he was kind of like down, just digging through the tree, and then when he stood up, he was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I, I was telling my brother, they, they went down to investigate. It was, uh, what, uh, what is that guy's name on Small Time Monsters, not, or Small Town Monsters, not Eli, the other guy? Um, uh, He's got a Russian uh, name. Yeah, Alexandriov or... Alexander or Alexander... Petkoff or Petkoff, something. Petkoff, yeah, Alexander Petkoff. Well, we'll, we'll get that right. right sometime. But anyway, he's the one who went down there. He interviewed people. He did a little of uh, investigating himself. He, he couldn't really get out in the field because everything was flooded. Even the roads were flooded. And my initial, my initial thought, what I told my brother was that there don't seem to be a lot of dry land. And uh, th to me, that would equal not a lot of habitat for a skunk ape, right. especially if they're... Uh, a different version or similar to a Sasquatch. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I, I could be wrong, but I, I didn't see a lot of habitat. Now, one possibility is they've had sightings passing through. Now, there are times when the water recedes and there is more land, right. and that might be when the sightings occur. Right. No, and that, that's a good point. I, I don't know if they would pick up and habitat in that area as well because, I mean, there's other creatures that are underwater that you can't see in that area for one the alligators down there you know i i don't care how big of a creature you are but if you're walking through the swamp not paying attention you got the water moccasins the copperheads uh the alligators you know yeah. uh, even some of those snapping turtles right and uh, not to mention the bugs right 
the mosquitoes. Yeah, uh, but uh, it, it was it was a good documentary. He uh, what one part at the end that I really liked was he was getting ready to do an investigation. He was almost done. He was done there for a few days. He had like one more night, right. and he was getting ready to leave, but. Just by coincidence, he was driving and he got into cell service range and he got an email from somebody who heard a, a podcast he did. Uh, it was a Sasquatch-related podcast. He was a guest, but they were talking to him about investigating for small-town monsters. And right. he had mentioned about going down to the uh, Honey Island Swamp just very briefly. So this guy, it's fate. He just heard it the day before. And uh, he lived down there. He had an exper- several experiences down in the Honey Island Swamp. So they met up, and this guy told his story. And this is when he was younger. He said he had an uncle that would do this Sasquatch or skunk ape call. <clears throat> and when they were out in the swamp, the, the family members swear by it. He would do the call, and the skunk ape would come in. Wow. And uh, it, it would get close enough so everyone knew what it was. It would, you know, it would, they would answer calls or back and forth answer each other. And uh, it, it was so, he, I guess he did it so well that one time he did it in his mother's house and uh, the mother made him leave. She said, don't you do that in my house because that brings bad things around. Oh, oh, oh that's crazy. Now, now explain that. That's like. The best habituation story I've ever heard, you know. No, if you could call them in like that, right? I mean, that's pretty amazing. If you have the ability to mimic them to the T, where they think it's an actual another member of their tribe, their clan, or their group, and they actually come, that's that's pretty amazing, right? That's that's kind of flipping the tables because we've heard so many stories where they mimic us and trying to get people on the forest. Absolutely. yeah, but yeah. Uh, could you imagine if you could do that? If if I could do that, I'd have some pretty damn good footage and everyone would know that this creature yeah. is a fact, real. But uh, on the other hand, that'd be kind of scary because if you could mimic you know, their language or whatever they, they do, you don't know what you're calling them in well, for. I was going to say, be careful what you're saying because you don't even know what it is. You could be calling them in for dinner. <laughs> you could be calling them in for a fight. You could, right. It could be mating season. Uh, that's, what I was gonna, that's what I'd be worried about. It's mating season. <laughs> <laughs> He'll look at you. That's not a female, but you'll do. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be running toward you with, with the Louisville slug. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Batter up. <laughs> uh, hell no. I bet that's the last time you say, put me in, Coach. Right. <laughs> I bet that's the last time you use that call. Yeah, but uh, I just thought that was a really interesting story. I'd never heard a story like that of anyone calling them in. No, I've heard of people doing wo- uh, whoops, whoops and wood knocks and having maybe a maybe one wood knock response or, but never calling one in. No, I mean we hear it all the time. People like, well, I did two wood knocks and I got a response, or I did a whoop and I could have swore something whooped back. You hear that, but for a creature to actually you you mimic what you think is a call, and they actually show up, that's pretty impressive. Right now, when we go out to our our habituation spot, I guess we could call it. Right. Um, I've done tree knocks. Uh, I've done hollers, and I've never had a response. No. Uh, just when we did have activity. It was kind of when we weren't expecting it. I, I was going to say, we've had more strange sounds and activity when we just go about our business. Yeah. And 
so they're like a relative. They drop by uninvited. <laughs> yeah, they do. But there have been a couple of times where we thought we smelled them. I mean, we smelled something that stunk. Right. And, but Well, I, I believe they were close enough that we could smell them. What, what else would it be? Well, there was nothing out there but us. I, cause, uh, <clears throat> and my dogs weren't out there. so Right. Now, where I work, we have a lot of coyotes and... Uh, Coyotes make a lot of noise, usually, yeah. usually, especially when there's people around, you know. Yeah. And I think we would have heard one, at least one off in the distance before we smell them or something. But, yeah. but there was definitely something there, and uh, it was that stench, and we caught it just right when the wind changed. Right. No, it, 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 it stunk. I, I, well, how do you say it? You know, people have said it, but until you smell it, you won't fully understand what we're talking about like a stink wet dog smell yeah um yeah unless you smell it then you'll be like oh okay i i know what you're talking about now yep yeah and uh, we we've had a lot of stuff but like you said most of it is just going about our business uh that's why i found this story so intriguing no it it is that's that's amazing seriously and here what are the odds that you do it not once not twice but over and over yeah and this creature responds that's why i'm like that's he perfected the call and they think it is another one of them or they wouldn't come right do you, do you think maybe he had a trick to it where uh maybe like a gifting and and this sasquatch was when he heard him yell he knew as a certain person he thought well if i go there maybe there's food association uh, there, I, I, I wouldn't say that that'd be far-fetched because you would want to be able to, like this gentleman, bring them in over and over again and, you know, like some fruit or whatever. Like, you know, like people say, they gift different things. Um, I think, you know, how some people put like marbles and whatnot. I think food would be preferably the strongest gift you could give them. Right, with any species. Any species. I mean, that's, how do you train dogs? You use little dog treats. right. Yeah. Uh, any species. I mean, your girlfriend's mad at you. You tell her I have tacos. She's there in five minutes. I trained them. I trained. <laughs> I trained those ones with a credit card. Oh, yeah, but they <laughs> buy food also with it. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you're a magician because I've never found one I could train. <laughs> no, just kidding. Just kidding, man. No comment. Bad joke. No comment. <laughs> No, but I mean, that makes, it's crazy just to think if he could make that call and they come every time, that's, I would, I would like to see it. I'd love to be there and just say, wow. Right. This is crazy. And um, on that documentary also was, uh, I guess back in the 70s, they, they found these weird prints. They weren't saying skunk ape. They were thinking more of like, a, they're talking about a creature from the Black Lagoon type type creature you know like a reptile right but uh I, I believe it was debunked because after those tracks came out years later they found buried in the mud close to that site was a shoe or two shoes with uh gator feet uh so someone's probably doing it yeah and uh they they had casted these <clears throat> prints when they first found them and they compared the cast to the the gator feet on, on uh, the bottom of those shoes yeah and they, they matched up. One finger had like a broken knuckles going off to the side. Yeah. They matched up perfectly. Imagine that. They said, hmm. And see, that's another thing. Uh, hoaxers ruin it. They ruin everybody's credibility, everyone who's serious about it, everyone who's had a real encounter. 
Right. And now I hoaxers do they they try um basically let's face it, they try and get their fifteen minutes of fame. Right. And you know, some people want that. Some people want the truth like we do. Some people want fame like they do. And you'll get your fifteen minutes, but then look what happened. Yep. And uh, when they're talking about hoaxers, they brought up a, a very interesting point. I've never heard this point of view before is sometimes hoaxers, hoaxers start off as someone who's had an actual encounter, but yeah. they're searching for that encounter again. And uh, a lot of people who've had encounters, they know what happens when you tell <coughs> people, especially non-believers, you get ridiculed, you get made fun of, right. you know, they, they basically label you as a crackpot. So these people who have had actual sightings, they they resort to hoaxing because they want people to believe what they saw. Yeah. Believe them that they saw. Well, yeah, and maybe some people will go through it to fake it so that they, they could feel, you know, misery loves company. Hey, see, I told you it's real. You know what I mean? And to, like you said, verify and justify what they've seen. But I, I don't think... People should do that. I think let's just leave it as is because we've said this once. We've said it a hundred times. So many people have had eyewitness encounters with this creature. It cannot all be a mass delusion. It just can't. Right. No. I, it, well, I know it's not. I know. Right. Well, I, that's that's why we do this because. <laughs> right. We we didn't choose this life. It chose us. <laughs> it it kind of did. Yep. It did. <laughs> and, uh, y- you know, while we're on the subject of hoaxing, I saw this, uh, one of the survivor man, a Bigfoot. Right. And he tried to pull a fast one. He actually had <clears throat> some state-of-the-art feet made. Uh, and, the, and they put him on stilts so he's up higher. He could have a longer stride. Right. And uh, they even, they made it with some kind of polyurethane so they could even, uh, these guys were experts. They even put the dermal ridges yeah, and stuff. Yeah, and uh, yeah. They made prints, they took pictures, they casted them, and they took them to Dr. Meldrum. And that's when uh, what, uh, that other doctor from California that was still alive, he passed on a oh, couple uh, years ago. Uh, Bender Nickel. Bender Nickel, yeah. And uh, they both looked at it, and they, they said, it's interesting, interesting. And uh, they had original patty cast and stuff, and they told him that the, the, the prints that he brought in, he said they were interesting. There were some things they'd like to look at closer. And right. So basically, they, they could see that, you know, there was something off about them. Right. And he gave them credit for that. He said, I tried to fool you guys, but yeah. you, you, you didn't come out and say it was a fraud, but you wouldn't say they're real. Right. They, they had their, everything looked just too perfect. Right. They're like, and, no, this is just too perfect and to see, be. And that, that goes a long way for me about the credibility of Dr. Meldrum. Right. Because he takes this serious, even though in his line of work, I'm surprised he's still a professor at, at the university. <laughs> you know, because I, they, they, his colleagues probably turned on him. I, well, I, here's how I say it. When he started doing these shows and giving his opinion, I'm sure they did. But over the years and through eyewitness accounts and other podcasts that have popped up where people can actually hear real people talking about their encounters and especially the popularity on TV. They had no choice but to take another look and say, maybe he's got something there. Right. Now, <clears throat> I'll bet that his class, his classes at the university are always full. 
Yeah, I'm sure they are. And uh, a lot of people just maybe not even need the class, but they want to know more about him and what he's right. learned. And I can, I can almost guarantee you this. If he's tired of the subject, when he does his uh, anthropology class, when you're registering for it, if you see a disclaimer that during my class we will discuss anthropology, no questions concerning Bigfoot will be brought up. See my office hours. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, but if he doesn't put that, you can guarantee people are going to take the class just so they can bring that question up. Yep. And uh, and I'm sure once somebody brings it up, everyone's going to have questions. And there goes half of the class, half of the semester right well, there. Well, <laughs> let's think about this. I mean, that would probably be an anthropology class. A lot of people get out of it because... This man could talk about fingerprints, dermal ridges, uh, castings, and not only that, that would bring people deep into, because when I took anthropology, I thought it was a crock of shit. Bottom line, my opinion, if you're an anthropologist, I don't apologize, (laughs) but I thought it was bullshit. But this would bring people in to look at from all the way from the fossil and when they said we found Lucy, who was the first up bipedal, and it was a female, only about three feet high, go from Lucy all the way through the fossil chain to Homo sapiens today. You're going to see a lot of changes, and they're going to give you the biggest thing is us and Neanderthal. The rest is theory. Uh, but it just didn't jive to me because I'm like, monkeys were still monkeys back then and they're still monkeys today. Right. So, but I guarantee that question will come up and it can be used as a catapult for maybe this is the missing link. Right. Yeah. I've always had that same question. I I don't know enough about human evolution. They say we came from monkeys, but how come all the monkeys didn't evolve? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, uh, I met some girls that still have a tail, but that don't mean they're monkeys. <laughs> uh, true, true. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, but I mean, but let's look. We, If you're a Bible-believing Christian, the earth's been around for 6,000 years. If you believe in like the creation and you try and timeline it, then 6,000 years the earth's been around. Since that time... A baboon and a chimpanzee in ancient Egypt is still the same kind of creature today. Right. There has been no evolutionary change in those creatures whatsoever. I I don't see it. Anyway, I challenge you. Right. But now I'm just saying. So this creature, I think, through its existence in which... You know, we don't know. We talk about Gigantopithecus, but I think this creature has remained the same creature throughout its history. Um, you know, I think. Uh, yeah, but it's, the million dollar question is exactly what is this creature? Well, that's what we're trying to get. Right. We, you know, and like people say, without a body, science will never know. I, I, I disagree. I don't think we need to kill this creature. We just need to get up close enough to it uh like jane goodall did and not habitat with it because i don't think they'll ever let that happen but if we could get good clear video pictures and you know maybe study it from afar eventually they may trust someone just just like jane goodall was trusted with all those gorillas right but like you said i don't think we could habitate with them because 
If, we, if what we know about them is true, <clears throat> there's no way a human could keep up with them the way they move. And no, not through the forest. Th- even the kids would be laughing at him. Huh, look at Baldy, can't keep up. <laughs> They'd be like, <laughs> fat bald man. <laughs> yep. you're, you're right. It, it'll be like uh, on Avatar, you baby, you stupid. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. I mean, that's a good point because, and that's the deciding factor. Like everyone that sees these creatures, they're like they're so massive, so muscular. And people have said I've seen them scale a mountain in like three bounces. And you know, you're like a creature of that stamina. Right. That's no wonder why they could hunt any game they want out there and be the apex predator. Right. And uh, just look at the terrain when we climb that <clears throat> hill when we go camping. <laughs> and that wins us, and we're not. E- we don't even go all the way up, right? That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, so, if so those, that, yeah, that yeah. brings me to another question: is I, one that we can't answer yet until, like you said, we get somebody close enough. But what is the lifespan? Because w- with any creature, uh, and it seems wild animals have a shorter lifespan. Uh, wh- when is too old for a Sasquatch where they can't keep up? I I would say seriously because we. We are supposedly the apex predator. Um, our lifespan has increased because of our brain and how we use right. it. You know, science, medicine, uh, farming. The way we live our life today has extended our life because we're not out there fighting the the elements trying to survive off uh, omnivore, whatever we can. Anything that's opportunistic, we're going to eat it, right? Right. These creatures still have to do that. Um, although people say they look just like humans, they're not living like us. So I would say like 40 years for one of those creatures is probably a long life. Uh, now, if you start getting into 50, now we're going to say these creatures can't move like the younger ones. So it's kind of like how people say animals in the world do. The, the old get banished and they basically send them off alone to die. Right. And... That might account for a lot of the sightings. You see a single male or female who's just roaming by himself because he can't keep up with the clan. Right. And and I think if we look at the laws of nature, I think that that would apply to this species simply because look at the elements that they have to survive in. Yeah. I mean, we go up there and we still have uh, tents, sleeping bags. But how many times do we go up there in the middle of July and we still froze our ass off? Yep. And we got the burn marks on our jackets and tents to prove it, huh? <laughs> yes, because, and can you imagine them with just hair? Uh, yeah, these creatures, they got to be tip-top shape to survive up there. Right, and, uh, and you know, in that cold, they got to keep moving. Yeah. You you stop, you die. Right. Yeah. Hypothermia but, set in. But, but uh, that also brings up another question. Do they live in caves? Because if they lived in caves or underground tunnels or whatever... That would uh, go a long way as far as survival and keeping warm. And that's a good question. And I want to say that they do, especially because, look, we were talking in several episodes back about all the snow that fell in Northern California. And we're like, okay, what happens to all the wildlife, the deer, uh, the bear, the mountain lion, the, the badgers, the rabbits, you know, and these creatures, where do they go? Right. Um, and for, for these creatures, I could see caves being it, but you know, like, I'm like, where do the deer and everything go? Do they know the storm's coming and they start hightailing it? 
if, if that's so, do these creatures also have the same instinct? That's a possibility. But I do think they can find ca- caverns and caves. And if they find the right one, you know, that natural from the Earth's core, as, of course, as you get deeper, it releases that heat. Yeah. yeah. And, and not only that, if they live in clans, you know what body heat will do in a small space. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It'll it heat that space way. up. Yeah. yeah. Now, <clears throat> when I go to work, it gets pretty cold where I work. And I see out there in snow, blizzards, the elk, the deer. Right. They're out there. I mean, they're covered in ice, but they survive it. Yeah, no, I, they do. But what happens when you get record snow like they did up north? That it'll cover them, you know, seven, eight feet. Well, if they keep moving, uh, I'm sure they, they, they go to lower elevations. Uh, that's what I think. But is that instinct? Because, you know, people say, oh, stupid animals. If they were that stupid, they'd sit there in the snow and just get drowned, you know? Just because they don't have the intelligence to make computers and stuff don't mean they're stupid. <laughs> they, 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 I get it. They know how to survive. That's what I'm saying, the natural instinct. So I think these creatures would sense the elements and saying they lived out there like the natives. Let's, let's use the natives. The natives used to tell you this is going to be a rough winter. We need to move here, yeah. there, based on experience. And I'm sure they lost many lives learning that. Yeah through generations so i think these creatures can be the same that they sense it and they're like uh it's in our bones it's my bones are hurting more like the old people say right it's going to be a bad winter let's let's move on let's go to colorado but i think most of these uh, wild animals probably the sasquatch included being out in the elements for generations and generations they have developed some kind of a hide Right. I mean, look at the, you were talking about the Native Americans when they had bad storms. What did they use to keep themselves warm? The skins. The hides. Skins. Right. The hides. But here's, here's my thing. And you're right. I think these creatures over the time have, their, their skin is probably thicker than ours. It's tougher, more callous, of course, more hair over it. But think about this. How calloused are their feet? to be running through those forests like they do, even on rocks, and it doesn't phase them. Yeah, and I can't even go check the mail barefoot. <laughs> I can't either. <laughs> I'm like, ow, 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 ow. <laughs> yep. And those are just pebbles, people. <laughs> yeah, yep. So can you imagine the bottom of their feet, how they move through the forest? I'm like, yeah, no, of course. They, over, over time, and I don't want to say evolution because it's not evolution, it's adaptation. Uh, yeah, their thin, their skins become thicker. They they have to adapt because have you ever seen that show Naked and Afraid? Yeah, and that's one of the first things that go on people is their feet, especially if there's any kind of water. They their feet start rotting. Right. Yeah. Or they 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 can't handle the terrain. They get all cut up and beat up, and these people can't eat because they could only they walk slower than an old person. Right. No, and you and you're right. For us, it's our feet. It's that's what keeps us mobile. That's part a big part of our everyday life, and that's what they look for first. But these creatures don't. How many times have you heard? Oh, I saw a squatch and it had uh, tree leaves on its feet. No, they're like that thing was just running. Right. Or, but I have heard <clears throat> stories about I saw a squatch, and it was wearing an animal skin. Well, I mean, that could be. I'm not putting that past their intelligence. And, and, and you know, if, if they do wear an animal skin or, I don't know, even time to time, that could contribute to the smell people associate with them. It, it could. Because uh, they don't 
probably tan the hides properly, so they're wearing a piece of rotting flesh. Well, and, and what do we hear at times? A lot of people said, well, before I saw this creature, it smelled like rotting meat. Yeah. You know? That's like, why would a creature smell like rotting? They eat it. Unless you're up close to smell their breath that's that bad, you're not going to smell it. So. Well, I'm sure it's all over their hands. And Well, I, but still, from a distance like these people right. say, right. You're, you're Un- really... Unless they're basically carrying a carcass on them. That, that or could. even if they don't still have it on them, they got rotting blood on them. And Yeah, I, 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 I could see that, but out and out. I don't know, you know, I, I could buy into the theory that they use skins i mean neanderthal man he used skins so did tarzan we talked about yeah, him. oh yeah we did tarzan in his uh loincloth loin <laughs> running through the jungle not a mosquito bite on him <laughs> <laughs> yep no i mean those are good good points to think about but you know it's like do other people think about this shit like we do I mean, well, they, I'm sure they are. There are people out there, but yeah. maybe not quite as obsessed as we are. Well, I mean, because you got to think about it. These creatures are out there surviving in all the elements, and how? Yep. How? If that were, if they threw me and you up just in the where we live in the Sandias, naked, shh, <laughs> we'd be dead in a week, <laughs> unless you are a good survivor. Yeah, but. Especially the winter we've had. Yeah. I don't know. And that'd be a tough one. That's what I'm saying. You see what I'm saying? You throw a man out in the wilderness naked. Of course, we watch Naked and Afraid. And that's just for 31 days. And some of these people can't make it. They're like, I can't do it. I need medical attention. But yet these creatures have lived out in the elements, especially in the dense forest. Yeah. For centuries but, but you know according I, to natives uh, i've watched enough of the survivals in alaska i know if you make a tunnel in the snow you could stay warm in there well yeah because it contains your body heat yeah uh, i mean but there again we're, we're talking about our intelligence versus theirs you know like we said we make computers they don't do they know the force? I guarantee they know it way better than us. Right. They, they have the, the kind of intelligence that matters. We, we make intelligence that it's nonsense. And it, it actually, if you think about it, it's supposed to make our lives easier, but it, it's making things very complicated on this earth. No, my, all my years on this earth, when I was younger, I didn't pay attention. As I got older, I started to tune into how the world works and what's going on and the intelligence we make. Yes, we make a lot of good intelligent uh, products that help us in life, that make our life easier. But we also make a lot of products that destroy right. our life and our world. Well, let, let's be honest. The products that make our life better come from research to make products that destroy. Of course, of course. I mean, I get it. You can't have one without the other. It's just like people say, you can't have good without evil. Can't have hot without cold. Can't have can't salt have, without pepper. <laughs> can't have light without dark. I get it. But yes, but these creatures, I don't think they're in that environment. Their whole focus is just living. Right. Just living. Like I said, they got the intelligence that matters. Yeah. Now, if, if we lived like them, this world would be a far different place. It surely uh, we, would. We wouldn't be overpopulated like we are now. Uh, no. The herd would be a lot thinner. 
Well, because nature takes care of that. And we, we would have probably died as babies. <laughs> <laughs> babies. <laughs> yeah. Well, either starvation because we eat so much, or they would have just left us. Uh, yeah, or all the stupid shit we used to do. There was no hosp- with no hospitals, we won't be around. Yeah, no. What they die of infection because they were dumbasses. Yeah, <laughs> getting cut up, <laughs> trying to jump out of trees. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's what we wanted to share with you tonight. We hope you enjoyed it. And uh, subscribe. Hit that button. Hey, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. And be sure to reach out to us at cryptidcrossroads505 at gmail.com. Peace. Peace.